Evening, everybody, and welcome to the On Texas Football Wednesday Night Live Stream. I'm Blake Monroe, and I'm joined by Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, both of On3 and Inside Texas. And guys, it, a lot going on today, just in general, whether it's recruiting, the first day of practice. But one of the things I want to jump right to, and Jerry, you just made a post, and it's what everybody's already asking about in the chat. We're taking questions all night long. We're about to get to some of these Colin Simmons ones, so please ask away. But uh, you, you made a uh, you made a post regarding Colin Simmons out of Duncanville. And why don't you tell us the latest on what you're hearing and kind of give us a deep dive into all the information that's going on right now. Yeah, I mean, look, the first thing I want to say is you move up your announcement, your commitment timeline from December and you move it to August 10th before your season. The first thing I want to say is, you know, where you're going. I, I, I told you guys I'm, I'm going to trust my instincts. I've been doing this a long time. You know where you're going when you do that. That doesn't mean there's not competition. That doesn't mean these aren't recruiting battles because they are. Um, but you know where you're going. Um, so I, I think it's his recruitment's always been interesting. And having talked to him multiple times, been to Duncanville multiple times, Justin Wells and myself been to Duncanville multiple times each. Um the one thing I will say is the one consistent from everything I've ever talked to with Colin about recruiting is uh, good job, Joshua Joe. Um, <laughs> I'm proud of you. Reese's super chat for you. Um, so, yeah, that's my eating habits. Um, Colin is going to play in the SEC. I know there's three at the end of the day. He had a great visit to South Beach for the South Beach party weekend. I get it. Uh, he's going to play in the SEC. He's going to stay close to home. Those things have always been consistent with Colin talking about his recruitment or people around the recruitment talking about the close to home. And I think all roads have led to that. Uh, we're exactly where this is. Uh, um, <laughs> so I start to said, I look worried. <laughs> <laughs> look worried. This isn't this isn't the elite eight game with a 15 point lead slipping away and everybody getting hurt. Okay. Uh, that hey, Jerry, great. Jerry, this is a question, yeah. though. The the LSU defensive line coach had to step away today. That's a great point, and I was going to get to that. You know, J uh, Brian Kelly announced today Jimmy Lindsay stepping away for a health issue. One of the things that put Jim LSU in the lead in this recruitment was Jamar Kane. I think he's done a wonder – he did a wonderful job with Colin. Collins really likes LSU. It's always been genuine. Um, and, and anytime you talk to him, you know that. Jamar Cain leaving slowed LSU's momentum. Then LSU has the season where they beat Bama. They get to the SEC title game. I know everybody's going to come on here and say, well, they got blown up by AM. Kids don't care about that. They say, oh, one against Nick Saban, and you go to the SEC title game in Brian Kelly's first year. That creates momentum. That creates uh, real interest from kids. Um, so, But when Jamar Cain left, that gave Texas that a really good opportunity. It's been all hands on deck uh, for Texas. Didn't They hired Jimmy Lindsey. Last week, it was the first time that Colin got to go down there and really be around the full staff again. And then this news hits today. Uh, but I think Texas did a great job with the official visit, June 23rd through 25th. I think they did a great job. I think he feels a bond with a lot of players at Texas. We've talked about all those connections before. Um, and guys that he grew up with that knows very well. Um, but I think the main takeaway um, – is that, you know, look, he, he he was on a December timeline. He's moved this all the way to August 10th, get it out of the way before the Duncanville season. They're going to be in practice before the season really gets going, before the first scrimmage, 
before this thing, this repeat, which takes a lot out of a team and a coaching staff really begins. And I think that's the way Samples prefers it. Coach Samples prefers it is get this out of the way. Uh, but I also think you move up your timeline from December to August 10th. You, you know where you want to go. And now we'll wait on his, his announcement. Well, we, we already have some questions that I want to get to before we start talking about, you know, what, what happened today with the team in the first practice. And um, this first one comes from Stephen Houston, Jerry, and it says Simmons and Durham both committing August 10th. Is Colin really the type of recruit to commit on the same day to the same school as a teammate? He seems like the type to do his own thing. Um, you know, look, I, I mean, I don't know if I have the exact answer on that. Um, like, I, I, I haven't put in an RPM yet, I don't think, but I, I am for Caden Durham to LSU. That, that, that one I will make. Um, but I don't think those recruitments are tied to one another. Um, I, I think Colin's going to make the best decision for Colin, his mom, his brother, uh, his grandmother, and his family. Uh, I think that's the decision that Colin Simmons is going to make. Um, and, and so I, I just think that happens to be what's happening. We'll see if that August 10th date has any relevance here um, coming up. But I don't think the recruitments are tied together. That I, that I will say. And then there was another one here uh, and a pretty good question from Mock Snell. And he says, Colin seems to have more friends on Texas. Does he have any at LSU? I mean, he knows guys. These guys know guys on each team. But, you know, look, there's a difference in um, – and I don't think this would be the sole reason if Colin Simmons ended up at Texas, but I, I definitely think it helps Texas. I mean, there's John Tay Cook. There's Anthony Hill. There's Malik Muhammad. Texas has done a really, really good job in DFW under Sarkeesian, Jeff Banks, and staff. And that is where a recruitment like that, all that work, it's, it can help you in a recruitment like this. Every little thing matters in these recruitments because they're so contested uh, and they're such fierce battles. I mean, it's the number one edge prospect in the country. I have him as the must-get recruit for Texas in this class. LSU, uh, Georgia gave it a run. Florida gave it a run. They would have not liked nothing better than to take the top edge prospect in the country out of the state of Texas and, and keep Texas from getting him, keep A&M from getting him. Uh, but I just think there's a lot of familiarity to Texas kids, especially on that I-20 area that they all grew up together. They know each other. And it's look, it's not just football, it's basketball, it's football. I mean, you go back to the Ron Holland stuff, Jonte Cook, Malik Muhammad, they all play youth league basketball together. I mean, so there's a familiarity there. Uh, I think more so than LSU uh, but again, I don't think that's a deciding factor, but I think every little thing can help you in a recruitment. And then going, going back to Caden Durham, working man wants to know, was he offered by Texas? Um, look, he was recruited by Texas, but Texas went on the two guys that they thought were the best backs. Uh, they saw the best backs that fit the scheme that fit coach choice that fit Steve Sarkeesian. Um, and that was Christian Clark and Jarrett Gibson. I mean, I think Texas liked Caden Durham, but I just think they had other guys they liked more. And then obviously, you know, this is a lot of hype around this commitment. A lot of people are going to want to see it, such as Kevin Nye here. And he says, do we know approximately what time he will announce and how can we watch it live? Well, as it gets closer, we'll, we will have all that information for sure. And um, um, obviously that will be uh, a big day. So I'm sure you'll get sick of seeing Bobby and I's face <laughs> leading up to that announcement. Blake, not you. You wear better hats than I do. 
<laughs> and then last but not least, Jerry, we're going to put you on the spot here. Randy says, Jerry, if you had to bet where Simmons lands, where you got him? Um, I put in my post, I haven't changed my RPM. My RPMs on Texas, I have not changed that. If I uh, want to, if I decide I, I, I need to change that, um, I will let everybody know. I don't have any plans to change that right now. All right, guys. That's pretty, well, those are pretty big words. I mean, so make sure make sure you capture exactly what Jerry said there, guys. Very true. Very true. Well, the other big news today, obviously, fall camp started. And uh, both of you, had, uh, I know you've talked to people, you've, you know, Y'all are well plugged in. What? Uh, let's go to you, Bobby. What were some of your biggest takeaways today? The, the biggest one for me, and, and there were five of us there, uh, Blake, today from my Inside Texas. So it wasn't just Jerry and I. I mean, Justin was there. Joe Cook was there. Uh, Eric Nalene as well. Uh, Will Gallagher, our photographer, was there as well. We've got some great photos. Uh, but my two biggest takeaways um, were, number one, everyone was healthy. I mentioned this uh, on the live stream that we did immediately following not a single green jersey on the practice field today. Now, some guys were held out of reps, but none of them were held out altogether. I mean, uh, that was number one. Number two was Quinn Ewers, probably, for me. Um, you know, we, we talked about this. What's he going to look like this year? What's the work in the weight room going to do for him? Um, it's made him a little lighter on his feet. I agree. Um, it, it has basically gotten him about, I don't know, just a half click faster in his drop back. And that alone is going to give him an opportunity. I asked Steve Sarkeesian about that today. Uh, Matt, if you don't mind our producer, will you play that clip from Sark from his press conference? He was really good out there today. I thought the guys came with an intent to work. Um, you know, there was, I think you, you find out kind of who's really ready from a conditioning standpoint that first day and some guys that still need some work. And, and that's our job then moving forward to make sure that we're getting ourselves in position. It was definitely warm. Uh, so we got to battle the, the elements. Um, but like I told the team, you know, in a month, we're going to be playing Rice for the 2.30 kickoff. And, and we're going to have to get used to playing, you know, for three and a half hours in that heat. And so there's a, there's a reason and a purpose for why early in camp we are going out in the afternoon to get ourselves acclimated to that. Um, I thought just some, some first some first snapshots. I thought the pass game was really good today. I thought Quinn played really, really well. One of the better practices he's had since I've been here. Uh, I thought Malik and Arch um, both took strides from spring to, to training camp, which was really encouraging. I was, I was proud of the work they did. Um, but I also thought, I thought one of the emphasis which we've been talking about was, was turnovers. And, not that the interceptions occurred today, but I thought the defense did a really good job of getting the ball punched out, um, when, especially after completions or runs. And so, all in all, you know, like I said, the first day is a little bit difficult to evaluate because you know we're, we're in helmets and you can't really get a gauge from a physicality standpoint of where everybody's at. Um, but the intent felt right. Um, the focus, the communication was really good. And again, I, I thought the pass game was good, which. You'd like it to be on days like today when you're not in full pads. Coach, when, when you say quarterback like Quinn, the veteran quarterback has a good practice, what does that mean for the veteran? Well, I just think the, the ball was coming out timely. Um, when we got a little off schedule, he moved really well in the pocket and kept his vision up downfield, was able to make throws kind of off, off platform on the move. 
um, which is something that we've really been working on in the offseason coming off of last year. Um, and when things were there, he was finding completions, he was finding checkdowns. Uh, so inevitably, it was just a clean practice for him. There weren't forced throws, he wasn't throwing any coverage, he didn't get stuck holding the ball because he didn't know where to go with it. Uh, it just felt like he operated at a high level. You feel like he was quicker today, maybe than a year ago at this time, with no, his I mean, workouts? I think, I think he was quicker on two fronts. I think he was quicker movement-wise. You know, I think his, his physical ability, you know, he's in the, you know, <clears throat> since we've had him, this is the best shape we've seen him in. And so the suddenness in the pocket, um, like I said, the ability to make throws off-platform, on the move was there. But I think he was, he was quicker mentally today, too. Like, I would argue probably the quickest I've seen him mentally. The decision-making was very clean for him today. That that was Steve Sarkeesian, and and from just a couple hours ago, that that emphasized what I what I saw from from Quinn today. I saw a guy get back quicker in his drops, even in the 20, 25 minutes or so that we watched him. Uh, man, he throws the ball not such a nice ball as everybody knows. Uh, Arch Manning, Malik Murphy also had a, had strong days. Uh, this past game, Jerry and, and Blake did not see, but I saw one ball hit the ground. And it was from a tight end, not from a wide receiver uh, when it was just a free ball period. So, uh, you know, pretty, pretty impressive stuff uh, in that regard. Uh, and uh, Sark also, one last thing, really uh, high marks for Jonathan Brooks today as well. I, I want to say one thing about when your, your feet are moving quicker is that means you maximize your arm strength, right? There's no – hanging back. There's better balance. There's a better rotation. I mean, everything moves a little quicker in balance, right? Um, I think this, if you move your feet slow, your arm outraces your body a lot of times. And I think that's one of the things when the feet are moving quicker, when they start moving quicker, uh, as he has the ability to do, I, I think that changes your accuracy. And I think it, it, a guy that has that type of natural arm strength, creates even more velocity. The ball is really hot coming out of his hand today. All right, guys, we have a, a few super chats, um, a lot of team-related questions that I want to go ahead and start getting to because they are rolling in. And this first one from Mike Gosnell. Thank you, Mike. And he says, thoughts on Vince Young trash-talking the players today? I personally think we need more players back around the program. Uh, to, to be fair, Mike, uh, that was a little bit of a joke. It, it didn't come across maybe in the uh, – in the uh, what people wrote, I guess, but Sark was kind of joking. Uh, somebody had said Sark that Vy was trash talking the kids, jogging off the practice field, and not running, and uh, uh, Sark said that he's going to have to go look at the old tape and see if Vy was ever one walking off the practice field <laughs> when it was hot like this. So they, it was all good natured fun. Uh, Michael Huff, obviously around. I posted a picture of Ted Coy. Um, I talked to him before he went in today. For those old, people that are older than me, even, they remember Ted Coy played halfback, uh, I think, in the uh, national championship team of 1969. This is his 71st fall camp going to watch the, the, the Longhorns. His dad played for Texas. His older brother played for Texas. He played for Texas 71 years. So there are former Longhorns up and down that field uh, today. It was nice to see them all. Man, that's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> fall camps, not, not just not just lie, not just years lived. Fall camps. That's I mean, I, I, four. 
four years. By the way, I was responding to a couple of texts, so I don't know if Bobby said this, but the funny thing to me about Ted Coy was he walked out to the field and he was kind of watching, but then when he he actually walked onto the field, he jogged onto the field. <laughs> and I was like, you know, that may have been my favorite moment of practice because that guy is going to jog onto the practice field until he absolutely can't physically. <laughs> I thought that was really cool to see from one of the great Longhorn fans. You know, people don't realize this. Ted Coy, by the way, this is just a history thing. Uh, Ted Coy played, uh, scored one of the touchdowns in the Texas-Arkansas game, right, uh, of 1969, the shootout. Uh, he was the lead blocker for O.J. Simpson when O.J. Simpson rushed for 2,000 yards. Wow. Uh, so just to give you, he's been around a little bit of football in his life. <laughs> it definitely sounds like it. All right, guys, we have another one here. And while we're on the subject of quarterback still a little bit, uh, Texas Juju, and I'm interested to hear y'all's thoughts, especially after seeing Quinn today. But he says, why does everybody think Quinn's going pro? This will be his second season playing as a quarterback. And he was injured some of his senior year in high school. He needs another year as he is a baby. I don't think he means he's a whiner. I think he just means in terms of experience or maybe, I mean. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Look, we've talked about this before. The best thing for the Texas program and Steve Sarkeesian would be if Quinn plays well enough that the decision's taken out of his hands and he's going to go be a first-round pick, maybe slides in the early second. But if he plays to that level, Texas will have had a good year. And the best thing for Texas is to have Quinn – Sark can again go to the resume and people have to tip their hat that this guy went to Ohio State. He left high school early. That was a setback for him. He transferred back home. And in two years, Sark got that guy ready to be a first-round pick. And to do that, the improvement from last year to this year will be a lot. And that's It it reinforces the decision of K.J. Lacey. Yes. you know, Manning and, and Malik Murphy to actually vie for the starting spot the next yep. year, as opposed to one just transferring out because, oh, well, I don't want to be the backup no matter what. Yep. There's no, there, I mean, I'm not saying that Quinn, that I'm wishing Quinn off. I mean, that, that's not the point. What Jerry's getting <laughs> at is if he has an opportunity and he can get first round money. Go. Yeah. I mean, this is a, it's a rare time. This is a lot of money that's at stake for these guys, uh, irrespective of NIL, especially for quarterbacks. Now we're going to take another Quinn question here. Uh, and this one from Tyler Davis. And he says, South Lake Carroll Quinn was seen basically as a shoe-in for future number one overall pick and future Heisman winner slash finalist. If Quinn hits those highs this season, how do you guys project the season goes? Well, I don't think a number one overall pick. If he's a plays to a first-round pick, and that doesn't mean you play perfect football, but just that the NFL says, okay, we knew the guy had the talent. This year we've seen the talent, and now we'll continue to develop that talent. Sark will pass him on off to us. Um, he doesn't have to be the number one pick. He can be a first-round pick, and that's a huge win for Texas and Sark and Quinn. Um and if Quinn plays to the level where he's projected that and thought to be that by NFL scouts, I mean, if Texas doesn't win 10 games, they had to have had an injury riddled season. Look, he, I'm telling you now, he looks better to Sark's words. Okay. That wasn't just me out there saying that when I mentioned he was quick post-practice um, that was Sark saying that um, he is quicker 
than he was a year ago. Now, some people may say that's a low bar, you know, because I, I just remember the the Baylor game where he looked almost plotting at times, right, uh, under the Baylor pressure. But he is quicker. He's in better shape. You can tell. Uh, I mentioned this uh, right after practice as well. Uh, they Sark has one guy go to the middle of the field to direct calisthenics and the player count out. And it was Quinn Ewers today. It wasn't, I don't know, Jordan Whittington or Byron Murphy or Jalen Ford. It was Quinn Ewers. Um, this is his team. Uh, we're going to see if he, he's uh, old enough now to put, it, uh, put your uh, uh, comment uh, to point about being a baby. It's his team. You're not going to put the hands of your team into a, into a baby's arms. Uh, so that's, that's my opinion. That's my opinion right now. Doesn't mean he doesn't have growth to go, but he's not a baby. Well, let's talk about transfers for a minute. Russell Hinkle says overall thoughts on how the transfers look today. I got to say this, George, I, I speaking to Justin Wells, uh, about 15 minutes ago and he goes, Bobby Gavin Holmes is jacked up. He goes, he is cut. Now he goes, I know he doesn't weigh much, but my, he looks good. Uh, A.D. Mitchell looks like a, a million bucks. Um, I, I'm not even – oh, Ryan Sanborn, I thought. Jerry and I mentioned that, the punter from Stanford. He's a player. Uh, Jalen Catalan's healthy. I mean, look, I, Sark's, Sark, Sark's got the right idea in this recruiting slash portal stuff. That's just the bottom line. Don't settle. And if you do, then go find somebody in the portal that can help you immediately. He's just got the right idea. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's got it, got everything done, but I, I think it's a, it's a, he's been extremely astute. And based on what I saw today, he got five players in the portal that are going to help him. Trill Carter, Jerry's talking about him earlier. Um, he got five guys it, and didn't lose anybody really that he had to have. I, I don't I don't know what else you want from a guy. Finishes number three overall recruiting class off of eight-win season. I mean, there's some things going right in Austin right now. I don't know what this is all going to mean. Uh, but, man, uh, I was, you know, I felt vindicated in some ways about what I saw today, fellas, in that I've been pretty high on this team the whole time. But I'm extraordinarily high on this team right now. Um, they have to execute. But, boy, they've got some pieces to the puzzle. I mean, one quarterback goes down, they're not going hungry at quarterback. I'm just telling you. There may be a couple positions where they do have some some uh, guys that, that they need to stay healthy, but, you know, the key ones, I just don't know that, that I see that. Well, we have a good question here from Gary Fortenberry, and he says, anyone stand out as most noticeably improved? Yeah, so I'll say I look more on day one from a physical standpoint. I mean, because we have a 30-minute window, right? And a few minutes are calisthenics. So I really – that's one of the things I really looked at, um, along just with the movement skills before, you know, we get a brief look at everything else. Um, now, Jade Barron was interesting to me. I mean, he's never been a wiry guy, but he had running back legs today. I was like, whoa, that guy looks a lot stronger. And you're saying, well, he doesn't need to get too big. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, man, you keep adding that strength to that base when you come up and you strike in the run game. Uh, it, it, Jade looked really good physically to me. 
Uh, I thought Terrence Brooks looked tremendous physically. Um, if, if he could be more vertically explosive than what he was when he came into Texas, he looks like he is. Um, when a guy like that jumps up in the air and then you have the 80-inch wingspan or 79-inch wingspan at corner, it doesn't really look right. Um, he, he looked really strong um, out there. Um, yeah, I thought D-line guys. I mean, look, Alfred Collins always looks good physically. I think he looks stronger now. So I think he looks even better than he has. Byron Murphy's a, a freaking tank now. I mean, he, he is a tank. Um, I, so I, I thought there were a number of guys that you look You know what? Leona LaFowle has more weight on him now. I saw him last Thursday. So it was even before today. I saw him last Thursday walk by when uh, I was in Austin for the pool party recruiting event. And he, he's, he, he's never going to be a rocked up, chiseled guy. But he, his frame looks really good. You can tell he's put work, work in and he's carrying more weight. Hey, um, Jerry, there's one question real quick. Uh, this is another one I got from uh, uh, Justin Wells. Uh, asked him, I, I talked to him because I did not see Manny Muhammad today uh, working out. Uh, I knew he was out there. I, I saw him briefly, but I didn't really watch the DBs too closely. Uh, he was running second team. So it was Ryan Watts at one corner. Terrence Brooks at the other. Gavin Holmes was backing up Terrence Brooks. Malik Muhammad was backing up uh, Ryan Watts. So, interesting. It, they're, they're, those guys are going to get some time. I'm, Manny Muhammad is one of the more impressive freshmen in this group right now. Well, while we're on the subject of defensive back, real quick, Bobby, let's do the super chat from Travis Earls. Thank you, Travis. And you just talked about Manny. But what about uh, Derek Williams and Larry Turner Gooden? I watched Derek Williams a little bit. You know, one thing you notice about the freshmen, especially the guys that weren't here in the spring, and Derek Williams looks good. I mean, in footwork drills, I mean, at the Under Armour game, I said before, at the Under Armour game, he, he looked like he almost had cornerback feet going in drills with Manny Mahab and some of those other guys. You could see that today. The interesting thing with a guy like uh, Derek Williams or um, Warren Roberson, who was working out with corners and the stars, is – they get a little more coaching after reps, right? I mean, the guys who have been here longer, they have everything down. These freshmen, it's moving fast starting today. So the coaches, you could tell, got, gave them extra attention after every rep. Um, so, But I thought Derek Williams looked really good physically. Larry Turner Gooden was with the safeties. He's behind some other guys. Uh, he, Larry Turner Gooden actually worked as a gunner in one of the punt uh, teams today. I saw him do that. I, one other player we failed to mention, and you were there with me at Sark's press conference, uh, our presser, uh, right after practice today, Jerry. He mentioned Warren Roberson again. Yeah. Uh, another time that the the, the freshman uh, out of Red Oak has been mentioned by a coaching staff member. Uh, keep that name uh, on the tip of your tongue because I, I get the feeling Warren Roberson is going to find his way onto a football field, whether that's <laughs> as a standout in uh, kick coverage or – even working his way onto the field somehow, some way, uh, at star, cornerback, et cetera. Well, guys, I'm going to knock out a couple more Super Chats real quick, just because they're more comments than anything. Uh, this one from AS85, and he says, the only commitment I have watched was Corian Gibson, so I'm going to do everyone a favor and skip the Colin Simmons announcement. <laughs> so I'm sure Longhorn Nation thanks you, AS85. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jerry, this one from uh, one of your favorites, UT boy. He says, Jerry, let, let me hear you admit it. It's Jonte's world. Hook them for life. <laughs> Look, 
see after his first two touchdown game. Jonte looks really good. Um, here's the thing: the way I describe Jonte in a 30-minute media window, quick starter, explosive out of his cuts. For young receivers and guys that work with margin hooks are ahead in the game. And I look for it's not the gearing up, it's the gearing down. Because if you gear up and gear down really well and and with fluidity, you're going to create separation out of cuts. And Jonte, he I, does that. I think he could be a really good double move wide receiver, by the way. <laughs> All right. Yeah, UT boy is always good for a good comment. That's Jerry, <laughs> say it. Hey, by the way, Sark mentioned uh, Xavier Worthy yesterday at, at that press conference. Today, Xavier Worthy looks good, guys. I know that sounds weird. He's got this wiry frame on him. He's put on some weight in the right places. Now, he's, he looks like he's a little tougher dude. It's interesting. I mean, at 185 pounds or 180 pounds. Look, know, I think, I think – uh, I think something that remember with all these guys entering year three of the program, it's contract year. It's contract year. He's also, hey, Jerry, let's be fair. I mean, look, he, there were some effort issues we thought at times with him last year, right? Right. He had a broken hand. How do yeah. you how do you lunge for a ball with a broken hand when you know you have no chance right. of catching it with one hand while you're outstretched? Well, well, let's, I mean, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I mean, at some point, you just have to say, I mean, dude had a broken hand. Well, let's also say this about Xavier Worthy. Um, he didn't play his senior year because of COVID. So we talk about Quinn skipping his senior year. Xavier Worthy didn't get a full senior year at all playing football. Just something to remember. That does matter when you miss a year, especially your senior year. Uh, one more super chat while we're on the uh, subject of wide receivers from Chris Harrington. Thank you, Chris. And he says, curious on Ryan Niblett, anything behind the scenes, explosive as advertised. I, I think he's got a big learning curve right now as a wide out. He's one of those guys that is, was kind of a jack of all trades for Eisenhower because he had to be. I mean, I was literally a practice before his senior year. He played wide out. He ran wildcat quarterback. He punted. He was punt returner. Early in his career, he played some quarterback. This is the first time he's ever concentrated on wide receiver. But all the skills are there. Now he's just got to really learn the position. And that's going to take him a little time. Hey, I got to say this. Um, the thing that, that's interesting about this, when Ryan Niblett was being recruited, Jerry, I kept having flashbacks to another guy on that side of the town up at Klein Forest, Deshaun Hales. Yeah. Klein Oak, I can't remember. Klein Oak, yep. Okay. The point being, that's kind of who I pictured Ryan Niblett as. He's bigger than Hales. Yes. Um, that's number one. Number two, he looks like he has more. He actually, the, I saw him snatch a couple balls today yeah. with his hands extended. That, that's where I would say that, that do, not, do not sleep on that guy a year from now. This year, going to be hard for him to get on the field, would be my guess, unless there's major injuries unless it's a blowout. Yeah. And I, and I want to uh, second what Bobby said. I think sometimes people say, look at a photo and maybe a guy doesn't look like he has much strength or weight. Ryan Niblett's going to be 5'11", 190 and be rocked up playing wide out. 
he's going to look. Yeah, he's ball. not Deshaun Hales. When, no. when he's being recruited, that's kind of who I pictured him as. Right, right. And he's bigger than – and I know I'm, for some guys that are not as old as me, they may not remember Deshaun, but he was kind of a thinner guy, yes. super fast, had a lot of acceleration, but never really did much at Texas, in part because he didn't have great hands, yeah. and in part because he never got bigger. Yeah. Ryan Niblett is going to get bigger, and I think he's got better hands than Deshaun did. All right, guys, this is from Daniel Kinnaman, and he says, how many in the two deep are underclassmen? Two, now, two deep. Well, I got to say this. I, I'm going to give Justin Wells credit on this one as well. I talked to him. He said Andre Kojo has completely remade his body. He spent some more time with the offensive line than I did. I noticed that Andre was running second team, left tackle, uh, ahead of Peyton Kirkland, by the way. But underclassmen, if you're talking about sophomores and under – I mean, there's got to be a half dozen, two dozen, or a half dozen to a dozen at least. I mean, it, theoretically, Quinn's a redshirt sophomore, right? Um, A.D. Mitchell could be a redshirt sophomore. So, I mean, there, there's there's quite a few. Jontae Cook and DeAndre Moore already are in the two deep. Yeah. Uh, so there's Kelvin, Kelvin Banks, uh, Cole, Cole Hudson, Neto, Cam Williams, uh, you know, the list goes on there. Yeah. That's just offense. Definitely. So, well, let's switch gears for just a minute here. Uh, let's go back to recruiting for a second. And uh, we have this question from Kyle Witherspoon, if I can find it here. Thank you, Kyle. And he says, if Simmons selects Texas, can we get him on an episode? I'd love to hear about the process from such a top-tier recruit. Um. Yeah, I, look, I think if Colin picks Texas, I, I think we'll work very hard on that. <laughs> no promises on any of these guys because, to, to Jerry's point, look, some of them want to do interviews, some of them don't. Uh, the one thing that we do like is we, we like uh, letting them enjoy the limelight. So if they want to do that, we want to give them a platform for that here. It also gives a chance for them to get to know the fans and the fans to get to know them, which I think thus far uh, with what we've done, it's been helpful and it's been positive. So hope hope we can, Kyle. And I and if he if he indeed commits, by the way. But yeah. <laughs> we'll know soon enough. That's for sure. If he goes to LSU, we're not having him on. I, I can promise you that. <laughs> All right, Jerry. And this one's for you. It's from Tyler Reese. Thank you, Tyler. And he says, I'm hearing Mizzou is trending for Wingo. Any truth to that? Um, I have not I honestly have not heard that. Um, I, I think that the top three schools in this recruitment are Texas, Tennessee, Missouri. I think A&M is trying hard. I'm not quite sure where Georgia or Michigan are in that one. Um, but, I, look, I know he likes Texas. I know he likes Tennessee. And you know there's a lot of in-state pressure at Missouri. Um, you can go back to the Doriel Green-Beckham recruitment um, to understand just how much pressure can be applied uh, to a uh, what's considered a great prospect in, in a state like that, that that doesn't produce a lot of them. And then we have another uh, Simmons-related question here, but this one more about Kobe Black. It's from Eric Wickham, and he says, does Simmons' commitment to Texas speed up the decision for Kobe Black? Um, you know, I, I don't think so, and I'll say this is this would be why. And we're all in the hypotheticals. If Colin Simmons commits to Texas on August 10th, we'll find out in a week. Uh, but I think it's there's some difference. I think, obviously, they both had a great official visit to Texas. I think Kobe's been considered a lean to Texas for a while. But here's the thing I would say. 
I, I still think one thing that's very important about these this process nowadays is as it gets closer to senior year, there's more pressure amped up to make a decision before your senior season. And I think that's for many reasons. I think that is the recruiting process does get stressful. You know, at times you do get tired of the process. Um, you've been going through this process as those really highly ranked kids for two years now. You've been on a lot of campuses. There's not a lot left to see. Um, and I think the other one is injury. I mean, you got to – guys, that conversation does uh, happen with kids and with parents. And, you know, making a decision before your senior year is a, is a smart thing from a protector recruitment standpoint. And that's why hey, it's early. I, I just happen to know something here. So I'm going to go ahead and ask this question. What's the latest on Dominic McKinley? Um, that's a great question. <laughs> um, Bobby with a super chat. Um, let's see. Uh, thank, thank you for the sandwich earlier, Bobby. Um, so I think Texas is in a good spot there because of the academic athletic combination. The mom's been in education for 24 years. This will be her 24th year. She used to be a teacher. Now she's over teachers in uh, Lafayette Parish, Acadiana Parish, whatever it's called out there. Um, it, I think there's, I think she likes the academics at Texas. I think she likes the athletic combination academics at Texas. I think she likes that it would be a six, five and a half, six hour drive from home. Um, I think LSU push to get the mom on campus Friday because if they didn't, they had no chance. I think they knew they were working from behind on that recruitment. Um, I, I think LSU, obviously, the in-state schools are always going to make runs. Texas may, and a and make runs at guys that look like they're going out of state. And that's going to happen. Um, but, look, again, I'm, I maintain what I have continued to be told, was continued to be told headed into that last weekend, is that Texas and OU were out in front after the June official visits. Um, I think Oklahoma might just be a little too far away at the end of the day. I think he'll make a decision prior to his senior year, um, maybe even before August 24th range. So we'll find out. Uh, but I, I think Texas has a puncher's chance there. I'll say that. All right, guys, let's go back over to uh, some team-related questions now again. And this one from Kimi, he says, can you see Brooks averaging 20 carries per game this year? No, yeah. I, I go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> go ahead. If Sark had his druthers, I think the answer is yes. Okay, if he had his druthers, I think he's going to be somewhere north of fifteen. Yeah. Um, number one because I, I think they're going to share the wealth a little bit this year. He's got some guys in the backfield that he needs to get ready. Um, Cedric Baxter, chief among them. Uh, Ke Keelan Robinson, by the way, look good, guys. I. We, why, why do we forget about him? It's because he's that boutique back that, you know, is, doesn't get a ton of touches. Um, but he looked good, athletic. And the, I'm telling you what, the heat did not bother Keelan Robinson today. Like he was, you know, trying to, he was running backwards up the, up the incline going yeah. in to the, I mean, I was like, you're, I mean, it's 110 degrees out of here, man. Um, but uh, I'd say 15 to 20 is, is, as opposed to over 20. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Yeah, I think so. What did we? What did Bijan average last year? I think he had 258 carries. Is that over 12 games, right? 
So about 21 and a half, 22. I don't know. I may be a little tired right now. Um, <laughs> you know, with Roshan there, um, I, I think Cedric Baxter is also very talented. Um, and I, it doesn't affect you winning. I think he impacts winning, but you don't recruit the number one running back in the country out of Orlando, Florida, and not play him. And especially as talented as he is. Okay, let's see here. We had a, uh, I had one lined up and then it just jumped on me. Oh, here we go. It's from Sharpshooter. And he says, guys, are there any metrics on the strength increases made since last summer? Squats, deadlifts, bench press, or do they still do those? I don't know about bench press other than reps. I know that Eric Nalin, our publisher, keeps really good track of this. Um, this will be a good question uh, to pose to him uh, on our message board on Inside Texas. Uh, seriously, just if you if you have a subscription, go to the members only area, ask Eric a question like this. And I know he would try to 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 jump on that answer. Uh, he's a, a guy that specializes in that. I don't have those numbers um, or, or the exact metrics. Uh, I do know that there are quite a few guys that I, it's clear they've made some some nice jumps. Jerry mentioned Jade Barron. Quinn Ewers is clearly in that category. I think Jonathan Brooks looks the best he's ever looked. Uh, there are a number of guys. Okay, we have a super chat. And by the way, if you're not a member, there's no better time than now to go head over to Inside Texas and sign up. Uh, this one is for you, Jerry, and it's from Justin Yarbrough. It's a super chat. Thank you, Justin. And he says, Jerry, you've been talking about program guys the past few episodes. Who are some guys that have a really good chance to become that? A few I'm rooting for are Zach Swanson, Xavion Bryce, and BJ Allen. Bobby, you got any thoughts on that first? Well, um, I wouldn't put B.J. Allen in the same category as Swanson and Xavier Bryce. I think B.J. Allen's a little bit like he's going to vie for a starting job, if not this year, next year, in my opinion, um, as long as he's healthy. Zach Swanson and Xavier Bryce are going to be uh, depth guys. Uh, Bryce will be on probably on special teams, for example. Swanson may be late late game pass rush type guy at this point uh those are more depth guys bj allen is a little step ahead uh and i at the same time i'm rooting for those guys too justin i i mentioned gunner helm today i, I you know Je jeff banks mentioned him that's a guy that was more in that zach swanson Xavion bryce category right jerry and now he's he's gonna be a guy they rely on pretty heavily as a junior no, he's not he's not tight end one. Right. But he gets on the field. Yeah. So. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
Okay, let's see here, guys. My my screen keeps jumping on me. My apologies. Okay, this one from David Williams. He says, speaking of John Tay Cook, if not if Isaiah Nayor returns and Ryan Wingo commits to Texas, could Cook play inside receiver as Texas enters the SEC? I think he's a guy you move around. Yeah, um, I agree. I, so Xavier Worthy, this is a Ian Boyd uses this term. Xavier Worthy is going to be their motion guy this year. Okay. Jonte Cook could be the motion guy next year. If that makes sense to everyone. He's the one that you do the orbit stuff with. He's the one you get going. So he gets off the line of scrimmage, et cetera. Um, Nayor would be the outside guy, uh, a true outside one. Like uh, Sark was talking about today at his presser, how A.D. Mitchell is one of those guys that you put on the boundary side and make them defend with a safety as well because he's so big. Nayor is that. Jonte is on the other he, – he's a flip side guy. He's not this overwhelming catch radius guy like Nayor or A.D. Mitchell or Ryan Wingo. Well, let's talk about tight end. Uh, we haven't really discussed it much. This is a super chat from Alry. I want to thank him. And he says, with all this hype about the current wide receivers on the roster – I'm really hoping this opens up JT Sanders to have a huge year. You can't cover everyone. Thanks, gentlemen, and hook them. I, I thought what Jeff Banks said yesterday was interesting, Bobby. He kind of said something we've been saying on, on these live streams when we get asked about it. Um, it. He could have a better year without having as many receptions because the wide receiver talent so much better this year. And we've been hinting at that and talking about that. And I think that is really true. And I think, you know, I could see him having more yards than last year with three or four, five less catches. I don't think that's out of the question because if the wide receiver positions is as talented as we think it is, if they stay healthy, then that just opens the field up more for Jatavion and Steve Sarkeesian's offensive mind. Do yeah, I don't think Texas – to your point, Jerry – and this is something he said. I don't think Texas wants to run as many tight end screens as they had to last year. Right. He took a lot of shots. That's yeah. not really what you want. <laughs> yep. hey, I mean, Dylan, they had you to move the ball. They Dylan had you to move the ball. They didn't have a third receiver. Right. Uh, sorry, Dylan said, Jerry, if you're actively getting intel, please feel free to share and we'll keep quiet. <laughs> I mean, look, sometimes you have to respond to text on air. I'm not messing with y'all. <laughs> uh, 21 and a half carries thanks matt our, our producer saying Bijan had 21 and a half carries jerry your math was pretty good you said 21 22 21 yeah, yeah. and a half is pretty good <laughs> uh, we've had a ton of questions <laughs> a ton of questions about bj allen guys i know we've kind of touched on him briefly here and there steve sexton says bj allen was he working with the two deep how did he look boy i did not see that uh jerry did you see that I did not see that. I, I did see him doing going through safety drills, um, and I saw a guy look. The first thing you look for, I mean, because day two we will like after day one we'll think about okay, who did we not see enough of? Then day two we'll go watch more of those guys tomorrow. Obviously, one thing I thought is you know BJ looks good physically. He's he's you know he got a little heavy his red shirt year. He's worked really hard to get back to where he needed to be, and he looks good physically coming off a good spring. I really like how he finished spring, Jerry. Yep. He became a reliable player. <laughs> over. Uh, 
in a three-week period, he became reliable. Best-looking freshman on the field. Yep. Um, Best-looking freshman on the field. I'm thinking about that one. Um, I mean, I, I'll throw a crazy one out as Trevor Gooseby. I looked at him and said, what are you going to look like in a year? <laughs> hey, Mike Gooseby, if you're listening, I mean, your son's going to look a hell of a lot different when you see him. <laughs> you know? Give him 365 days, right? The, um, the, the biggest the two for me that you just – and this doesn't include Sadir Mitchell because I – for a lineman, I just think he's – I don't – I wouldn't call him the best looking. He just reminds me of Leonard Davis. Is that just a okay. huge human being? Yeah. Um, and you would never say, oh, Leonard looks good. Leonard never looked good. He just looked huge. Right. Right. Um, I'd, I'd say the two that, that probably caught my attention the most, uh, three, Arch Manning, uh, Anthony uh, Hill, and Cedric Baxter, physically. Yeah. Right? And that's no, like Manny Muhammad. I'm not counting him or Jonte Cook or DeAndre Moore. The skill guys, it's hard to – only guys like big 220-pound backs like said Baxter are going to look good, if that makes sense. It does, definitely. All right, Blackwind says, after watching one practice session, are you still sold on a 10-win season? 13, baby. Uh, no. <laughs> um, uh, uh, look, I mean, one of the things uh, Bobby and I said on a live stream today was, you know, Sark and his presser the other day said, if Texas is a program can get to where they have eight, 10, 12 guys that are NFL draft picks on an annual basis, they have the talent where it needs to be, right? I, and I asked Bobby on our live stream, I said, is this the first time this Texas team looks like they could have eight, nine NFL draft picks? So, and I think both of our answers is yes. So it, once you get to that point and you have that much talent, especially at the premium positions um, outside of edge, maybe as a high draft pick. Um, I, look, I, I think they have the look of that team. I mean, it, you got to see how it all comes together, but this is the first time I looked at Texas under Sarkeesian and said, if they played in the SEC tomorrow, they would do okay athletically. They wouldn't have even been on the field. Let, let's, let's, let's cut this out. Because this, <laughs> this is the issue. Um, I've been watching Texas, you know, either professionally or uh, in school there for 35 years now. Yep. Holy cow. Um, half, a, half a koi. Yeah, half of Ted Koi. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Texas looks like they're supposed to look. And I would say this is the first time th since 09, 08, even 2010 where you look across and go, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, and I, and I even would say this, um, max teams did not necessarily have great depth. Uh, they had good depth, but they didn't have the kind of depth that, that Sark is trying to build right now. Um, it's interesting. I, I would say I'm, I'm definitely a guy that I think they, they get to 10 wins, if not more uh, still, but the thing that I'm, continue to be oppressed by and i've said it before on this show and elsewhere and it proved out to me today and jerry's talking about with the nfl picks they've got some guys and 
furthermore, they're developing their guys. They're putting them in the right position. They're getting in the right shape. I mean, DJ Campbell, five-star guy, right? Did not come in ready to play last year. Okay. One year later, he's ready to play. And that was a mental switch that had to be flipped by him. It is also a physical switch. Like he needed to get himself ready. And you keep doing that with those caliber of players, you're, you're going to get some results. So I, I, sure. as much as any time in the last 10 years, uh, if not more, I feel like Texas looks like they're supposed to look at er, almost every position. Speaking of half a coy, R. Gilbert 33 says, would love to see a series of videos between Bobby and UT old timers like Ted Coy, Bill Bradley, and Roosevelt Leaks. Hey, Bobby, at least he didn't call you an old timer. So uh, there you go. I, I am indeed an old timer. Um, I would love for Ted to come on this show at some point. Uh, you talk about a guy that's a great representative of the University of Texas. I don't know him that well personally. I've met him a couple times, um, but I would tell you that he is like, uh, he's just a good guy. And I played golf one time with Roosevelt Leaks like 15 years ago. Another great, great dude. I'll say this. Super Bill Bradley coached some Under Armour camps I was a part of. I need to work on getting him on the show. His stories <laughs> would be awesome. I, I, I'm going to start working on that, guys, in fact. <laughs> Well, Jerry, you talked about what Texas would look like if they played in the SEC this year. So this leads me to this question from Texas boy. Uh, I want to thank him and also thanks to R. Gilbert 33 a second ago. Uh, he says, do we really want a first-year quarterback year one in the SEC and a young D-line? Would we win a road game that year? <laughs> do you play Vandy? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yes. I mean, I uh, look, I – I would because I think Texas is recruiting the right players. I think they have an advantage of being a blue blood that can go into the portal portal and get multiple starters. Just look at this team with Gavin Holmes and Ryan Watts and Ryan Sanborn at punter. And I mean, Quinn Ewers, A.D. Yeah. Mitchell. Quinn Ewers, A.D. Mitchell. I mean, Isaiah Nayer coming off the knee. You, when they you just, got, they just got a they got a two year starter from Minnesota to be a backup. Yeah, so when you have that blue blood ability to go in the portal, I'm stepping all over my words here, but when you have that ability, um, it puts you on a different level. So you don't stay young necessarily. Makes sense. Well, this is a great question from Sam Balesa. Did anybody get a good look at the linebacker rotation? Who was next to Ford? How did Anthony Hill look? Uh, Ford and then uh, Benda was first, Blackwell second, Hill third. Um Behind Ford was Jet Bush, by the way. Uh, look, my my take here is uh, Jalen Ford looks different than every other linebacker out there except Anthony Hill. And Anthony Hill looks like every other linebacker out there. Um, Jerry mentioned Leonga Lafau. I think that they're going to I think they're going to try to find a way to use Benda in certain certain circumstances and Blackwell in certain circumstances. That's my take on it. All right. Our next one here um, is another super chat from DK Longhorn fan. He says, how is the run defense looking? Alabama is back to murder ball, quote unquote. Hook on. They, they didn't have any true pads on, so you can't really tell that. Uh, Texas looks looks pretty good 
on defense right now. Uh, I would say that they they could get better at defensive end. If there is a spot, having seen this, you know, everybody's talking about preseason. What if Catalan's not healthy? What Who's going to play next to Jalen Ford? The real question on this defense, in my opinion, is what happens beyond the top two, really the top one at defensive end right now with Baron Sorrell? Baron Sorrell is the only one that I can say right now he's ready to start. I don't know that Ethan Burke or any of the other guys are truly ready to start playing against a team like Alabama that's going to load up and try to run quarterback power uh, with with Jalen Milrow. Stephen Houston had a really uh, good comment on their comments thread uh, talking about the first year at Texas in the SEC and Michigan could actually be the toughest road game. Uh, if Jim Har- the way Jim Harbaugh's talking, yeah, I mean, he claims to have 20 NFL draft picks this year. <laughs> oh, man. By the way, I'm not buying that. But if he has 12, it's, it's going to be a good ride for Michigan fans. I don't think many people are buying it at all. I love this this name, Buddy Garrity, big fan of uh, Friday Night Live's TV show. Have we had any, if you want to beat Ohio State, meet me at the practice field at seven moment slash leaders since VY. Bobby had one of those on the live stream this morning. Um, <laughs> now, I've heard that. Um, I, you know, I don't know about that. I, I do think, though, I, I do think while the team ha- had a three-game improvement last year, they – they ended with a little bit of a sour taste in their mouth. Um, and, and I think they have different expectations for themselves uh, this year. I think there's a, it, it's just the, we talk about looks more physical, like a better team physically. Um, but I think when you get to the level of competition that you're starting to get at positions, it pushes guys. Um, so I think there's more maybe a sense of urgency with this team, if that makes sense. Um, maybe not. Vy saying and making a statement like that, um, but I think this team maybe has a little better sense of urgency um, and, and maybe a little bit better connectivity as a group. I also think that they're. Sark talked about it again the presser, Jerry. You mentioned connectivity. Um, he mentioned like a culture of uh, teammates teaching teammates, right? The senior teaching the freshman how to do a drill. He feels like he's now to that point. But to Buddy's question, no, I don't think there's a, a VY on this team. There's nobody that that plays that position that has that kind of mentality right now. That's just not who Quinn Ewers is. Doesn't mean he's not a leader in his own way. He's just not that kind of guy. Um, so what does that mean? I, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I am convinced that after watching this that Quinn Ewers will be better this year and you know what does that mean does that mean he's going to hit 62 percent of his passes or does it mean he's going to hit 70 i think we got to wait and see our next question is from victor santiago he says if catalan stays healthy is it fair to say texas will have the best safety duo in the big 12 with jaron thompson i'm expecting a big year from thompson our quarterback in the secondary i don't i, I haven't done enough study to know that um, it's interesting. OU may start a senior and a freshman, Reggie Pearson, the transfer, Peyton Bowen. They're going to be talented back there. Um, I don't know that there's any team though, that I'm just sitting there saying, wow, they've got a great duo of, of safeties. I like J- Jaron Thompson. They call him bug. 
And, and the reason I like him is because he knows where to be uh, every single time. He communicates well. I, I asked this of Pete Kwiatkowski yesterday. The thing I like about Texas's defense right now, they're strong up the middle with a lot of experience. Byron Murphy and Tavondre Sweat up the middle. Then you have Jalen Ford up the middle. Then you have guys like Catalan and uh, Jaron Thompson at safety. That's a lot of experience back to back to back. No doubt. Uh, we have a super chat from Dimpled Wonder. Thank you, Dimpled. And uh, he says, many people in their season predictions discuss being worried about playing in Ames. Do you all think those fears have been alleviated a bit? I, 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 go ahead. I feel like somebody's trying to bait me again, but go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> My question is, did, did anybody, did something happen with Hunter Deckers today that I'm unaware of? I because I, I've been so involved in uh, the Texas. The one thing I saw kind of related to this was now there's an Iowa player that they're saying bet on the same Iowa Iowa State game, but that's the only other thing I've heard. They weren't teammates. Please tell me that. No. <laughs> okay. High school teammates. I mean, oh, um, you know, look, I we we're kind of talking about trap games last night. I believe it was, um, mm -hmm. and I think Bobby had a good point where like Iowa State before all the stuff that went down may have was one of those trap game possibilities. Bobby mentioned Kansas last. Last night, which is week after road game Baylor before OU, I, I think that one sets up pretty well. It's also the, the ticket prices would tell you that too right now. Um, but, you know, then U of H after OU, right? I mean, I don't know if Texas going to Ames this year is Iowa State Super Bowl. Hey, I will say this too. Bo Davis isn't going to let that be a trap game. <laughs> you I think bet not. I mean, you think there's not – 40 or 50 players on that that are going to be on that bus that aren't going to remember that. Yeah. And some of them were being recruited and liked the fact that Bo Davis. A hundred percent. I think, I, yeah, that's, I think that's not a trap game for Texas. I think they've got, they go to Ames with something to prove. Yeah. Agree. I'm with you. All right. Alan Barrera says Soto asked a couple of times. I think he came into the, the chat late. How do you feel okay. in your crystal ball prediction or on three RPM for Simmons? Look, I haven't changed it. We got a week to go. Um, I, I, you know what? These are big, big league recruiting battles. They're always going to be. Um, but I think one thing with Colin, I think him moving up his timeline from December to August 10th, uh, he, he knows where he's going. He, he knows where he's going uh, when he puts his head on the pillow tonight. All right, Alan Barrera, who stood out from the edge position? Uh, just Baron Sorrell for me at this point. Even though Ethan Burke uh, started opposite him, uh, Jerry said he liked what what uh, he saw from Jerry Bledsoe. Uh, I think it's too early. Did not see those guys in pads today. So, yeah, and Bledsoe moved more in in inside too. I mean, he's but uh, just from an athletics, Jerry Bledsoe is a guy I look at uh, for all the guys on the live stream right now. He has such upside, and I know every player doesn't reach their upside. We've been waiting for Alfred Collins to reach his upside. Jure Bledsoe has about as much gifted talent as anybody in the program, from a flexibility, from natural explosiveness, twitch, all those things on that frame. He has got a lot of juice. and There's a reason – Ed Orgeron, Nick Saban, Oklahoma, everybody went into Marlin, Texas, and Bremont at the time and offered the guy. He's a different level guy athletically. He's one guy that I just 
hope by years three and four, we, we start to see that come to fruition because he has a chance to be really good if he pulls it together. Good question here, guys, from Isaiah Stewart. What's the biggest difference between first practice last year versus this year? Jerry, we were both at them both. What do you think? Look, I think this looks like a team physically that can go compete in, in the SEC. That's it for me. I, I think it's Tory Beckton's had three, two and three years with some of these kids now. Um, they look different physically, and I think when you look different physically and you know you're stronger and fit, I think it shows in your confidence. Depth is my number one answer. Uh, talent is my second. Like true yeah. talent. I mean, the receiver, guys, believe me, the receiver room is loaded. It is, I, I am further convinced about my statement. It is the best receiver room at Texas since I've been doing this. That's 30 years. I'm not saying... They weren't better with Lamb Jones and Alfred Jackson or something. I, I don't know. Um, just too many guys are going to play pro football. East 8th has a great question there for me. I'll, I'll I was actually going to ask that one next. This one from East 8th says, any sense of if Sadir Mitchell had an offseason that will allow him to contribute more than a handful of snaps? I think physically he can still get better. Um, I think he can still continue to change the, the on the hoof. But it goes back to what Bobby said. He's going to get snaps because he's hard to move. And, look, you play a lot of games in the heat in the first half of the season. Texas is going to rotate six defensive linemen. Um, I think he'll get snaps. I think they're going to get his feet wet. I think he's tough to move. And I think that's going to prepare him for years two and three. Hey, Jerry, another guy that looked better this year, and it's natural, Aaron Bryant. Yeah. He's added only 20 pounds. Just, I mean, they're doing the right. They're, it's just, it's a repetitive issue here, I think. Um, they're, they're doing the right things with these guys. Another super chat here from William Niche, guys. And he says, is the Alabama defense expected to be better or worse than last season? They lost some key players, but of course they have a dozen or so elite players ready to step up. I think they're going to be a little bit better. Um um, and I think it was time for a change at defensive coordinator there. Um, people got to know exactly what Pete Golding was going to do in certain situations. Uh, they became too predictable. So even though they lose a guy like Will Anderson, um, I think they're going to use Dallas Turner differently this year. And he may actually be a better pass rusher than Will Anderson. So let's I don't know all of it, all of that, and I don't know their personnel greatly, but I they think they're going to be pretty good on defense. They think they're going to run the ball on offense. That's that's Alabama circa 2009 with Greg McElroy at quarterback because that's really what they have this year, I think. I think they feel like their D-line depth is getting better again um, because I do think Georgia's hurt them in a little bit there for sure. Uh, I think – remember a name, Jihad Campbell. I can't tell you how impressed I was with him coming out of IMG a senior year then in the Under Armour game. I think at the time he was 6'3", 220, and ran in the high four fives and had length and was physical downhill. He was a Clemson commit that Alabama flipped. I'm interested to see if he's ready to roll because that could add another dimension. He played a little bit last year. I think they got him a red shirt, 
I think he had a pretty good spring, but if if he's ready to become a player this year, then that could give them a little different look because that guy has high NFL draft ability. Well, let's stay on the Alabama questions for just one more. And Eric76 says, can this team handle the expectations after beating an Alabama? I think mental maturity will play a role in the success of this team. After beating Alabama is just a big, that's just a, that's a big sentence. Um, <laughs> I think you know. the Texas team knows this year is they're everybody's Super Bowl. It's the last year in the Big 12. If you're not prepared this year, you're never going to be prepared because they have to know that it would make everybody's season in the Big 12 to beat Texas, right? Baylor Bobby? and Texas Tech and TCU. Houston. They want to say they beat Texas this year to hang – you know, they can say scoreboard eternal, just no different than what Texas does against AM. and m Yeah, exactly. I was going to go to that Justin Tucker's kick, right? All right, guys, this one from Trevor Collins, I think is a good one that a lot of people will want to know. How did Chris Jackson look as a coach connecting with those wide receivers? Boy, he was on them early a little bit about not running the deep enough route on a, uh, uh, on a uh, zone against a zone defense. Uh, he's a little bit more of a technician. And then, then Brendan Marion, in my opinion, um, same kind of voice, loud, kind of louder guy than, than, uh, uh, than Andre Coleman was. Uh, I felt like he clearly had a, a strong grasp of what he wanted his receivers to do. I mean, in day one of practice, there was no, you know, wait and let's see what's ha what happens. He, he was out there doing his thing. Let's go from day one to week one of the schedule. As Poke Casino says, hook them. Murphy, over or under, has two touchdowns versus Rice. I don't know that they're going to be throwing if they're up and he's in there enough to take two two series, right? I guess he they're going to be working on the run game. Uh, well, I mean, they're that's true. I, I think they're probably going to – if that happens, they're probably going to be running the ball and trying to get better – with that new offensive front, right? That giving the second team guys some some time. Uh, I would take the under. Yeah, I take the under. All right. Okay. One name we haven't talked about today is, uh, and this question from Mark J. Anything on Billy Walton? Okay, I, I, I'm glad somebody asked about that because somebody asked what freshman just looked good physically. It wasn't today necessarily for me, uh, but when I was in Austin. Um, uh, in late June for a big visit weekend. Um, Billy Walton and Samaje Burrell happened to walk right by. Um, and they both look really good. Fit. I mean, Samaje always has, but he's going to be a, he's going to be a tank, man. Uh, he's going to be a block of granite now. Um, Billy Walton looks really well proportioned. He just looks athletic to me. When he walks by, you're like, mm, that dude's an athlete. I mean, he and he's gonna have an I think he's gonna fill out 245 pounds on that on that frame and be very well proportioned with enough length. But remember the thing we talked about this on the live stream last year, talking to the South Oak Cliff defensive coordinator. They said the difference between Billy Walton junior and senior year. Junior year, he was a pass rusher, he was a disruptor. Senior year, he became a guy that as a physical football player playing it, it, through contact that they thought was a legit power five player. And so he made a huge jump from junior to senior year um, from his physicality standpoint. 
Um, so I, 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 he looks really good physically. It's going to take him some time. Uh, but, you know, he's a kid that has a chance for sure. Some of these uh, comments in the chat right now are cracking me up. I don't know if uh, you saw this, Jerry, but Manuel Soto says if Simmons is a silent commit, blink three times. Well, I'm naturally <laughs> going to do that. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, then, and then someone immediately responds, he's blinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, while we're on the subject of, of edge or defensive line, uh, we have a couple of questions. This first one from Christian says, does Bledsoe ever slide inside Bledsoe. permanently or will he remain outside? That's a great question. Bobby, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, I think long-term he's an inside guy. Same. Um, now, I will say this. He may be something like a Mora Ojomo and be able to do a little bit of three technique and five technique, at even at the highest level. Right. So where he plays in college versus where he would eventually be in pros is, is a little bit different. But I think he's ultimately a three technique. Defense then, kind of on the same note. Uh, gray man says, what is Bryant? Is he playing defensive tackle or defensive end? He's all, he's completely a defensive tackle. Yeah. Like he's, he's not a guy that can be a five. Uh, he's, he's yeah. a, either a three or a nose. Yeah. And his, he's, he's, he's shown well against the run. He's anchored well against the run. And then last question real quick for that topic on, uh, from Trey Wilson of the edge prospects on campus, who has the highest, highest ceiling, Vosick, Gallette? What do y'all think? I think it's Burke. I just don't, uh, I just don't think he's there yet. I, I it's that between those two, that'd be tough. It's impossible for me. I got to see what Gillette looks like. Um, Gillette's, Gillette's one of the more intriguing prospects for me uh, since that Sark has signed since he's been in Austin because freak athlete missed his senior year with ACL. Never really played or concentrated on one position, being a small-town player. We talk about it all the time. He's, his athleticism, if he returns to 97% of what he was, it will be among the top five in the program, if not top three. That's how athletic the guy is at 6'3 and change, 235. But we have to see how he develops at one position um, and how he comes back off that injury. But when you talk about guys with high upside, he's got it. Hey, uh, before you uh, – one second, Blake. I want to say this yep. before we get going. Uh, so the IT gang uh, after practice tomorrow is having a meetup. Oh, so yeah. if you're if you're actually in Austin and want to meet up with Eric Nolene and some of the guys from inside Texas, I think Jerry and I are going to roll over there for a, a little while before we get back to do some post-practice work. Uh, it's going to be August 3rd at the Crown and Acre. It starts at 3 o'clock tomorrow. We'll probably be over there around 3.30, 3.45 and, st and stay for a little bit. Obviously, we've got to get back and get to the press conferences and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, please feel free to join us over there uh, at the Crown and Anchor at 3 o'clock or a little bit after uh, on uh, tomorrow afternoon. All right, we'll go about two or three more questions, guys, before we wrap it up. This one from Alpha Horn. Is Texas second team offense the second best offense in the Big 12? No. No. Yeah. I mean, there's a question whether Texas' first-team offense is going to be the best. I mean, I, I really like Kansas on offense this year. I know that sounds like everybody's sitting there going, what I are you agree. talking about? Uh, but I like theirs. I, I think that Texas Tech's going to have a good one. I think Oklahoma likely will have a decent offense. TCU, you know, should be good. Uh, it'll be interesting. I, I don't think that that I, – I would never say that 
<laughs> I, I shouldn't say never, but I wouldn't say that. That would make for a loaded team, no doubt about it. All right, guys, two more. Sharpshooter. Who's the nastiest, most physically intimidating player on the team that will start? Byron Murphy. D DJ Campbell. And DJ Campbell. So, so the same person told me the same thing. You don't fuck those guys. <laughs> so that, that's my answer. He's not gonna get he's not gonna make me do it. I know that much. <laughs> All right, last but not least, this is gonna do it for tonight, guys. This one from Tyler Davis. And he says, last year, Bijan won the doke. If we see a guy win a national award this year, who is it and which award? That's a great question. Saving the best for last. Everybody thinks Jeremiah Trotter Jr. has the linebacker awards wrapped up. We'll see. Um, I don't think Clemson was what they were, um, or is what they were. If it weren't for if it weren't for uh, Marvin Harrison's son at Ohio State, I think Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell might have a shot at that. Does Georgia changing offensive coordinators and quarterbacks hurt Brock Bowers enough? No, I don't think so. No, he's he's a super freak, he and is. he's done, and he's done enough this year, or yeah. in the pre, two previous years. He's going to be a legacy. He could have ten fewer catches and two hundred and fifty fewer yards, and he'd still get chosen. That's oh, my yeah. opinion on that. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys. Like Caleb Williams may not have as good a year this year as he had last year. He's still probably going to win the Heisman. Do we have anybody that could win the Dratty? <laughs> Jake Majors. Jake there Majors. You I almost forgot this last super chat, guys. Okay. <laughs> From UT Boy again. He says, Bobby, Jerry, John Tay's first touchdown. It's high five in the end zone. Watch. With you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. He didn't specify. Hey, I'm all for it. <laughs> I look I, the, the good thing about this and in you take that super chat down real quick because I want to kind of editorialize for at least Go a ahead, Bobby. here. I, there's a lot of positive momentum right now uh, behind the program and it, it it stems from having the players they have on the field right now uh, some young guys like John Tay Cook certainly helped that DeAndre Moore Manny Muhammad, uh, Sadir Mitchell. I mean, you could name half a dozen guys. These are pro probably potential NFL players. The thing that gets me uh, right now is we, we sit here and look at this, and I, and I go back to that question, first practice this year versus first practice a year ago. They look like a team to yeah. be reckoned They look like a team to be reckoned with. As opposed to a team that's trying to wreck, you know, get some something accomplished, they actually look like a team to be reckoned with. No doubt about it. It's definitely going to be a a fun season, or it should be anyway, for a Texas fan. All right, guys. Well, we need to thank all of the super chat people tonight: Mike Gosnell, AS85, Kyle Witherspoon, UT Boy. Uh, Travis Earl, uh, Texas Juju, Justin Yarbrough, Auri, R. Gilbert 33, Chris Harrington, Dimpled Wonder, Tyler Ruiz, DK Longhorn Fan, William Niche, and last but not least, Poke Casino. Thank you all so much. Be sure to like and subscribe. Uh, hit, we would definitely appreciate it. And then don't forget to head on over to InsideTexas.com for all the latest and greatest. 
Longhorn coverage, one month for $1 or one year for $75 is the special they're running now. So you can't pass that up. Um, and yeah, so for Bobby Burton and Jerry Hamilton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you next time.